0: Now it's time for another Doctor Film podcast. Today on the Dr. Film Podcast, we're going to have a debate between two philosophies about watching older films. Should we give up the theatrical experience and prefer to watch things on YouTube or Archive.org, or should we hold out to see them in a theater with an audience, if we can at all? As you might expect, Dr. Film is in full rant mode on this topic. He'll be the point, and the counterpoint will be provided by our regular contributor, Andrew Gilmore. Doctor, film. I hear this guff all the time that YouTube is the greatest way to see a film in the history of the universe, how it's a wonderful tool and it helps us see things that we couldn't see otherwise. I don't buy it. I'll admit that at its best, there's some stuff on YouTube that looks as good as any TV broadcast, and they look fairly decent, but that's as far as I'll go. Most stuff on YouTube is over-compressed and looks awful. Furthermore, people watch them on a tiny computer screen and phones, so they end up looking nothing like the original films. They foster the idea, which I hate, that old movies just look bad because they're old. This is especially true for the stuff on Archive.org, which is probably 95% junk. And the stuff that isn't junk is usually bootlegged. Things from Kino. Copies of Dracula with the original Universal logo still on them. Come on. It's hard enough for anyone to make money on a legitimate video release before some schmo puts it up on one of the free services. And they claim they're heroes of film preservation for doing it. They're not. Because availability is not preservation. They're not helping more things become available because they're killing the market for real releases. And they're not helping the cause of old films at all because so many of these films look so bad that they just encourage people to skip them. But even if they look halfway decent, these films suffer on a small screen. Most of them are timed for an audience reaction, and they fall flat when you're just watching them. Can I give you examples? Sure I can. I once watched a Columbia short in 35mm on my screen at home, one with Andy Clyde. It wasn't that great. I thought maybe I shouldn't run it for an audience, But then I remembered that we'd already paid the royalty to Sony. Amazingly, when I ran it in the theater the next day, it went over like gangbusters. Even I laughed at it. The audience reaction made it work much better than I'd thought it had. Earlier this year, I watched To Be or Not To Be, the good version from the 40s, and I winced at it. I thought it was just a little too brutal and more raw than it should be. I was wrong. With an audience, the film lights up and plays brilliantly. There's something about the concentration and specialness of an audience that makes films play better. If we just decide to stay home and watch them on YouTube, I think we're missing something. Sure, theater audiences have tended toward rude in the last few years, but it's still the best way to see a picture. This is particularly true with silence. Silent films have only visuals and the bad needle drop scores that some people have on YouTube make them fall flat. They're even flatter because the immersive effect of having a big screen is gone. Then they're flattened to death by the awful compression that most of them have. They just look awful. I'm in the business to promote silent films, and it's my humble opinion that YouTube is an overall huge disservice to silent film. You can think you've seen them, but you really not. The same thing holds true for big screen epics. I can't imagine watching Lawrence of Arabia on a phone. I've had any number of chances to see Ryan's daughter on video, but I've skipped them every time. You know why? I don't want to see it that way. I've traveled hours to see Cinerama on a big screen, and I enjoyed How the West was one for the first time ever when I saw it that way. I won't watch it on a small screen. It's not the same. It will never be the same. There will be some people who say I'm a hopeless film elitist. I'm really not. I prefer to say I'm a film purist. I can't tell you the number of times I've written off a particular film having seen it on video, and then when I see it with an audience I think, this isn't bad. I often feel that YouTube competes against me both in presentation quality and the ease of bootlegging the work I've done. I know people love it, but I don't. And for Counterpoint, Andrew Gilmore
1: says... Okay, Dr. Film, I've got a few things I can say here. First of all, you do make some points that I agree with, so I can address those first. Uh, I do agree with you that it's important to see classic films in a theater with an audience, but it's a matter of having the opportunity to see classic films in a theater. I live in Philadelphia, and there are maybe four or five venues in this area that play classic films on a regular basis. But that's another thing. Whether folks like us wanted to or not, the definition of classic is changing. The films I see being shown as classics in this area today, aside from standards like Casablanca or Sunset Boulevard, tend to be two things. One, films that were made in color, and two, films that are less than 50 years old. One of our local theaters has taken to showing things like Top Gun and The Breakfast Club in their Hollywood classics series. One year they even showed Anchorman in their classics series. I wish to God I were making that up. There are still some places that show old black-and-white classic films, sometimes even fairly obscure ones, but as time goes on, I see fewer and fewer old black-and-white movies available to see in a theater. I've had some wonderful experiences seeing some of them. For example, I recently saw I'm No Angel in a theater, and it played very well. But as you well know, Dr. Film, the general interest in the stuff we love is diminishing every day. To just what extent YouTube is responsible for killing interest in old movies, I don't know. That's your theory, not mine. I simply blame the passage of time and the way the culture has changed. I keep hearing people like you say, Well, you really need to see these things with an audience to appreciate them. How? Where? Unless you live in New York or L.A., you just don't have that many opportunities to see classic films the way they were intended to be seen, especially the more obscure ones. If they're showing Top Gun as a classic, do you really think I'm going to have an opportunity to see Blessed Event or Cock-Eyed Cavaliers or any non-Three Stooges Columbia comedy shorts around here? I'd love it if it happened, but it won't. Watching that kind of stuff on my computer screen at home by myself is probably the best I can hope for. As for silent films, I can agree about the needle drop scores and the overall quality of them on YouTube. As a film buff, there are few things more thrilling to me than seeing a silent film on the big screen with live musical accompaniment. If the accompanist is good, as the ones I've heard usually are, it's a wonderful experience. But again, it comes down to having the opportunity to see them. Silent film is an obsolete medium. If we can't get people interested in black-and-white movies with dialogue, good luck trying to get them interested in a movie that has no color and no dialogue. Again, there are some local venues here that show silent films, and I've had some great experiences seeing them. Wings, for example, and some Harold Lloyd films, and I loved them. But those venues have arrangements to only show three or four silent films a year. They don't show them that frequently. One reason being, I'm sure, the expense of hiring a live musician. So with only a handful of silent films in town per year, that certainly narrows the selection of things that are available to see. That means that most of the time, if I want to see a silent film, I have to watch it at home by myself. No, that's not the way they were meant to be seen, but I'm sure a lot of people watch them that way, simply because it's not practical to have a Wurlitzer installed in your living room and hire Dr. Philip Carley to fly to your house and play for you every time you want to see a silent film. Short of that, you only have so many options. And if the canned music on a YouTube movie is particularly annoying, I just turn the sound off so that I can enjoy the movie on a purely visual level and use my imagination to provide appropriate music. I have to say that for me personally, YouTube and Archive.org have been beneficial to me in any number of ways. For example, several years ago, I rewatched Horse Feathers on DVD on my computer screen without an audience, though you would probably object to that too, Dr. Film. But anyway, I watched Horse Feathers again and decided that I wanted to learn more about Thelma Todd. So I decided to download her three public domain films, Corsair, Klondike, and Speak Easily, from Archive.org and quickly became a Thelma Todd fan and started collecting a lot of her movies. This led me to discovering Wheeler and Woolsey and seeing the two films that she did with them when they aired on TCM. Discovering Wheeler and Woolsey led me to download their two public domain films, Half Shot at Sunrise and Hookline and Sinker, again from archive.org. Bad as the prints may have been, I enjoyed watching those films and became a big Wheeler and Woolsey fan and discovering them was largely responsible for helping me to realize that there's a whole other world of film history out there, the obscure stuff that the general public doesn't know about but that true movie nerds do. I went on from Wheeler and Woolsey to discover all kinds of fun, obscure films that I wouldn't have bothered looking up if that door hadn't been opened for me by both Thelma Todd and Wheeler and Woolsey if some of their films hadn't been available from archive.org in the first place. So you see, sites like that didn't kill my interest in old movies by making me think that all old movies looked bad, they enhanced my interest in old movies by making me want to see more of them and dig deeper than I would have otherwise done. As for YouTube, I've seen a number of things there that I definitely wouldn't get to see anywhere else. All kinds of obscure 2 real comedy shorts, for example. I'm thinking particularly of The Silence, Lloyd Hamilton, Lupino Lane, Billy Bevan, etc. Tell me where you'll ever get to see a Lloyd Hamilton short on the big screen in Philadelphia. I had to watch them on YouTube because I had no choice. Then there are a lot of late, silent, and early sound films, which will probably never be released on DVD, let alone shown in a theater. The William Powell Philo Vance films, uh, Thunderbolt, Murder by the Clock, Follow Through, a wonderful comedy called Evenings for Sale, one of my favorite Clara Bow movies, Hoopla, and one of my favorite 1929 talkies, The Dance of Life, to name a few. Even Cecil B. DeMille's film The Godless Girl is on YouTube, complete with Robert Israel's score, copied from a British TV airing. Uh, To my knowledge, that film has never been released on DVD, so I can't get it commercially. The other films I mentioned certainly haven't, and may never be, and the chances of my seeing any of them on the big screen here in Philadelphia is practically nil, but I've still been entertained by those films, and I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to see them in any form. So it turns out that in the long run, watching films online has helped to make me the movie nerd that I am today. I still agree with you that it's important to go out and see old films in a theater when you can. I would never discourage someone from doing that. But again, the selection today, not only in Philadelphia, but probably in most other cities, tends to be pretty limited, so with a lot of obscure films like the ones I've mentioned, you just have to take what you can get. I know a lot of the prints look bad, especially to a purist like yourself, but at least they're available to see online at all, and in my case, that's turned out to be a good thing.
0: Well, that's Andrew's take on this topic. What do you think? Write us an email at askdrfilm at drfilm.net. And, as always, go out and see an old movie!